there ain't no party like a 24-hour party people party because a 24-hour party people party gets quite difficult at the 12-hour mark. Mm. Uh, I continue to be Sam. Uh, and uh, I'm Trin now. Well, this is, we're, we're at 4am. Mm. We've eaten, we have drunk, we have had energy drinks, and we're hoping for second wind to sort of arrive as it may. However, another thing that has arrived is the plot. Mm. Yeah, no, no, to be fair, it has at this point. And finally, a notorious smoke show. Mm. So to, to run you through, uh, Jack, while sort of hanging around in semi-captivity with um, the Salazars, he gets the call from Michael Amador, and uh, and Ramu and Salazar finds that uh, finds that Jack is so obviously jonesing for some heroin that he just gives him some methadone, uh, and Jack thanks him by asking if he can use the bathroom, going inside, and then aggressively making out with Claudia in the kitchen uh, in exchange for a phone. And during season one, it could occasionally seem like, apart from laughing at crazy people on the street, uh, Jack and Terry didn't have anything in common. Mm. But note their willingness to perform sexual favours in exchange for a mobile phone. Mm. Uh, it's That's really what Chloe, that was the glue that kept the, the relationship together. Hmm. Uh, throughout all of this, Chase has just, he's been in a shed, being tortured. Yeah, you know, you swap, swap, what else is a shed for? Yeah, I mean, you, you, either put your, you either put your lawnmower in there or you put your captured CTU agent in there yeah. and you, you beat him and you, you vibrate him uh, and he put his, his feet in bags of milk. Oh, yeah, no, the, the milk is a vital part of, all, of the yeah. whole procedure. Uh, but you make him yell in a way so that when you can hear it from outside the shed, it just sounds like a TF2 pyro taunt line as you just hear muffled yelling and then occasionally people in Spanish saying, bueno. <laughs> There's a brilliant picture we got that I tweeted of that. Uh, yes, uh, during all of the yelling, Claudia ends up being able to uh, to tell Chase you know, the truth about Jack's plan. And meanwhile, Claudia's dad is a cowboy. Yeah, he, he has he's a, just he's got a nice hat. He's a he, he's got that kind of moody, you know, contemplative yeah. cowboy demeanor. He's not like a jolly the lonely cowboy. Yeah, he's not like a jolly yeehaw. He's On a, a lonely road. Yeah, he's more. You know, he's trying to rustle up some you know, some SSRIs. Hmm. Uh, well, while everything's going swimmingly there, uh, Amador so decides to just drop the bombshell that a new buyer has turned up for the virus. And they, they arrive, and everyone's quite annoyed because, you know, it's kind of a dick move to turn a sale into a blind auction. Uh, but who gets out of the car, Trin? Who gets out of the car? Who? Did I really need to keep myself awake and invested in this story, Sam? Time and time again, every time I start to falter, she's there. Nina Myers. Yeah. Nina Myers dressed, oh, so interestingly, 
the, what was that? What was the way we described it? Cruella's accountant. Yeah, Cruella Deville's accountant. Uh, in the in the intervening three years since she got her presidential pardon, Nina Myers has been keeping it tight. So here's the thing, right? Given that she was shot by a Groucho marksman before, like we we just assumed that she hadn't been released. Like they had, you know. They had her dead to rights. I guess that her pardon was signed, so like technically they had to. But like, oh no, with with, with the she got shot and then wasn't really in a position to give them anything they didn't already have. So what? it's like, uh, when you, I just assumed she'd gone back to jail. Legally, if you threaten to kill Jack Bauer, that's not a crime. Everyone gets one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she turns up and proceeds to uh, to girl boss um, by winning the auction heavily. Uh, at which point the Salazars are like, oh, so um, uh, Jack, we're going to murder you now. And Jack says, but if you murder me, then won't it be embarrassing that you didn't sell it to the North Koreans? And they say, this makes sense to us. As real adult human men, yeah, we are, I, we are entirely convinced by this. We'll let you live so that you can, so you can go and grab, so we can try and grab the virus from Nina. Hmm. Um, Meanwhile, Palmer, uh, he, he's giving a press conference. He's giving a statement saying, hey, you know that chap that um, recently accused my girlfriend of a felony? Mm-hmm. He suddenly died. Yeah, he shot himself with a very tiny gun. Yes, he, he, he suddenly died. Uh, so now no one has any reason to be suspicious. Mm. And the accumulated press say, okay, this makes sense to us. Uh, everyone just generally agrees that you know, the... Him killing himself and then documents that exonerate his girlfriend appearing. Granted, that is exactly what happened. But you think the press would at least, you know, at least ask really once at least. Yeah. And put on, with perfect timing, now that he's had that you know, four episode arc wrapped up, Palmer gets a call from one of his old supporters, presumably not one of the ones from season one who got involved in the murder of, um, uh, was it Dr. Slur, whose name sounded oh, like... Oh, Dr. Fugiano. Yeah, his name, his name sounded like an Italian attempting yeah. to insult a homosexual. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, so this heretofore unmentioned supporter uh, is quite miffed that Palmer. Yeah, he's been in L.A. for hours and hasn't, decided, hasn't yet tried to meet up with him. And Palmer says, I've been quite busy. And at which point we just started to call at the television. Well, yes, what with, you know, being the president of the United States. Uh, at which point Alan, the supporter, just says, oh, yes, what with you being the president of the United States? Which is a weird example of actually human dialogue appearing. Uh, and he's not, it's not just a social call. He's calling because he wants, he wants Palmer to fire Wayne. Uh, and you expect there to be some kind of high-minded reason. Well, you know, some brilliant, you know, 10-step plan. Uh, no, it's because Wayne is a resolute shagger and Alan has a hot wife who is much younger than him. Mm. And apparently for about a year, uh, those two problems were resolving each other. Mm. And he now wants he now wants him to be fired. Uh, and now I, I don't know if um, any causality fans are listening, but you may notice that is that much like the hours earlier, you know, 
blackmail suicide thing mm. is entirely unrelated to the potential release of a deadly virus. Yeah, no, I don't give a good goddamn what Palmer's storyline is. It's just Palmer's storyline is is nonsense. Because to begin with, none it, of this is it. There's no mountain lion. Nary a mountain lion inside. Uh, it, no begin, bunkers. To begin with, it did seem like they were just trying to give Palmer things to do until you know he could be brought in once he was told that actually it was all a big secret plan. And then he got one phone call, and now it's back to just, or, you know, the, yes, yeah, it's back to Palmer shit. Yeah. Uh, well, at CTU though, uh, Chappelle, he starts making some points about how, uh, about how this whole like secret plan has kind of gone entirely to shit, and these he's, he's being entirely reasonable. He's not he, he's not wrong at any point. And he starts threatening people with facing consequences for any of their actions, which kind of galls them because that's apparently not how they do things here. Hmm. Uh, and you, people start being like nebulously reasonable. Kim wants to know. Kim asks Michelle if Tony's well enough to work. You know, because what with him apparently continually forgetting to take his anti-falling over medication, <laughs> and he forgets things, and. His shot in the neck five hours ago medication. Yeah, yeah, the the, the the bullet antidote. And Michelle says, oh, well, to be fair, he was shot four hours ago. Which is, if I said, I don't think someone's well enough to work, and somebody responded with, four hours ago, they were shot in the neck and nearly died, I wouldn't go, well, I reckon they're fine now. Mm. I would go, yeah, I think they can take the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know what? This can qualify as a personal day. Yeah, but no, because everything's in real time. Still, for some stupid reason, they're still keeping keeping that. Uh, yeah, but then she almost kind of hears how silly she's being and goes to Chappelle and says that he you know, he ought to be replaced. And <laughs> oh yeah, you've just written here. Kim looks like a member of the Beatles. Yeah, she does. She has some stupid Lego haircut, like. Mm. Uh... It's so flat and like molded to her head. It looks like a. It's awful. Like she does look like you tried to draw Ringo Starr from memory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and oh, we then get our best CTU plot in a while, which is Chloe's babysitter cancels unexpectedly, and has to drop the baby off at CTU. Uh, yeah. And Chappelle is very annoyed and has a very silly scene about there being a baby yeah he like starts walking out of the office whilst chloe's like hiding the baby like there's nothing here the baby and then the baby makes a noise and and Chappelle like his eyebrows go into the roof and he's like no he just slowly turns around and is like what was that and chloe goes nothing at which point the baby just goes (laughs) and Chappelle finds the baby like under the desk almost looks like it's been tucked into a drawer (laughs) It's uh, it's great. It's really silly. Um, uh, again, no mountain lion, but there is a baby, and uh, it, it's like it, Chappelle is again. Aside from that, that brief detour into torture earlier, he's being quite reasonable because again, CTU has been a pretty big hotspot for terrible things happening. Terrible employer, though. 
Like, uh, well, apparently you don't get sick days even if yeah. you get shot in the neck. Yeah, and also like, what are you supposed to do if you can't get childcare? Like, it's not like she didn't get childcare. She did, and then the childcare like decided to be unprofessional. So, yeah. what's she supposed to do? I, well, Chloe does just go. Uh, well, you know, parents are a protected group, and you know, this was clearly not my plan. What else do you expect me to do? And just starts making actually a lot of reasonable points. Yeah, it, everyone's like, everyone's having a, a reasonable workplace discussion. Uh, which is a fucking shock when you're watching the television program 24. Uh, but Gail, uh, he manages to get back through to the Salazars and um, he convinces them to keep Chase alive, you know, by saying that you know, he's probably working alone, you know, he went rogue, there's, you'll find out what he knows uh, so they don't kill him. And uh, as Amador leaves the ranch to go to where they're going to, end up making the actual sale to Nina, he's able to track, um, they're able to track him through satellite. An NSA satellite, which, again, we're still, it, it's unclear what, it's unclear what the, what they, it can legally do, because at, at some point it's, are they, are they legally allowed to do this? If the answer is yes, then okay. If the answer is no, did the writers know that it was illegal and they were just making them do a crime anyway, because, mm. you know, that's what these characters do, or did they just go? I reckon you can do it. And, yeah, I reckon it's fine. Um, so the, the, we thought it was Claudia's kid. Yeah, it was just her little brother. Yeah. Um, he spills the beans to Hector about um, them planning to leave, and this is at the point where Hector he has a really asymmetrical moustache. Yeah, it's like a handlebar moustache, but kind of like rotated five degrees. And, oh, it vexes me. It irks me. Uh, it, he sort of, the, the kid tells Hector that, you know, they're planning on, le- they're planning on leaving. Claudia bluffs her way out of it. Um, and, but, you know, decides to start t- taking action. So she just goes to find, she goes to one of the guards outside where Chase is being tortured. They they just shoot him straight through the hand. Um and he doesn't say anything. So it's sort of a... It, it's weird that you'd go straight to shooting someone through the hand. I mean, granted, they had a lot of things before that. But I still feel that, like, that's maybe like a second day of torture thing. Not a, you know, 35 minutes in. No. But, yeah, Claudia knocks out this one guard by you know, <laughs> by distracting him very stupidly. And she ends up sneaking Chase a knife uh, which he uses to murk his torturer when Claudia just throws petrol on his face. Uh, and yeah, they they all escape. They get into a truck. They drive away with yeah, um, Claudia's cowboy dad and her sort of apparently vase-destroying potshot marksman uh, little brother. Yeah, he's, he, can hit a, he can hit a vase at like... I'm quite impressed by that kid's aim, actually. Oh, yeah, because he's like 10. I mean, yeah, not bad. Yeah, the recoil on that thing should have taken his thumbs off. Hmm. Uh, so, and, well, everyone ends up getting away, um, including Claudia, who even manages to get away with the souvenir of a bullet inside of her head. Hmm. Um, and suddenly uh, her, her dad gets really miserable about that. Yeah. It's like, buddy, a, a living body and a dead body contain the same number of particles. Just like, like he's just got like the spurs jangling sadly. His spurs, they they won't go jingle jangle jingle. Uh, 
um, no, they end up getting back to a um, a Delta team moves in and extracts them mm-hmm. with uh, a helicopter. Oh yes, yeah, one of the one of the incredibly quiet helicopters that they yeah. just have. Uh, well, um, the Salazars and, and Jack they've uh, they're, they're at this point tracking down Amador and Nina, uh, and Nina has a gun. What's her gun? She has a Walther PPK. <laughs> Did. It's getting ridiculous. Like, it's the same three guns, I think, that they just had in the props department. Like, yeah, there it, has to be, right? It, it, it feels like when... There's the, so many of them. It, they're really not that common. It feels like when a Hanna-Barbera cartoon would just start cycling backgrounds after a while. You know, when uh, people are running along. And, you know, they've now got so many people with guns that they've just cycled back and you've got... Walther PPK, Walther PPK, but brown, and Walther PPK, but silver. Uh, as a Jack ends up cornering Nina, but someone comes in behind him, so she hits him right in the face with the briefcase with the virus in. Uh, and while he's you know, tied to a chair, he Jack tries to bargain with Nina by you know, saying, I, I can pay, you can get paid more. And she's well, on the one hand, I don't believe you, and I think that's a lie. On the other hand, you say money, mm. and she asks him to convince her that he's left CTU and that he's you know, forgiven her for killing his wife, uh, which means they just start making out, and yeah. that's what we see as the as the clock ticks over to the next hour. That was, the hangover was well, not the hangover, the cliffhanger was pretty much just seeing these two people lock lips. Mm. Uh, the only other thing that happens in this episode is that Palmer's brother meets with the hot wife. Oh, yeah, because yeah, um, because then... Alan, the supporter, he's gotten some of the senators that he's supported to pull their votes on a health care bill. And because if that bill fails, then Palmer will probably lose the election. And Alan is really nothing if not vindictive. So, um... Yeah. Um, yeah, he calls fucking... Sherry, yeah, he, he calls Machiavellian wife. Yeah, because Wayne tries to convince Julia to you know, talk sense into him, and yeah, so Julia is Alan's wife. Yeah, and um, Wayne then just goes to David and is like, "Well, I tried. I'll resign." And Palmer goes, "No, no, I will do the reasonable thing and bring in the worst person I know." Yeah, like you said that he put his thumb in his mouth and blew really hard, and his brain had just like yeah, kind of smoothed it, out. Yeah, it, infl- like, it inflated his brain, so all the unsightly wrinkles became. In t- he, he turned his brain into a, a rare and precious egg. There's no reason to do this. Like this, I, I get that. This, like, oh, I got to bring in the person who fights dirty. Like, but Wayne is that. Yeah, like Wayne has been posed as. He's going, okay. Maybe we can get the maybe we can get our um, you know Joe Biden's prep book. Maybe we can pay off um, this ex-husband. Maybe any of this. Maybe all of this. He's been positioned as that, but it seems like he was positioned as that just because they needed someone there then, and then also so that um, you know how in Star Trek you'd always be able to tell when like. The, the alien of the week was really strong because mm. they would instantly just knock out Worf. Yeah. And so Worf's role was to be a putatively strong guy who everyone else is stronger than. Mm. 
yeah, it's like Wayne is a putatively Machiavellian guy who everyone else is more Machiavellian than. Okay, yeah, I can see that. I've found that yeah, calling Sherry is a Omega behavior. Mm, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Fucking. Oh, and um, Sherry has hair that makes her look like a, like one of those NFT avatars. Yeah, I said she looks like an NFT. <laughs> and for the fir- and you started hooting. For the first few seconds, I thought, "What the goddamn hell does that mean?" And then, like, it clicked into place. Like one of the pixel avatars that's like really like swishy with the hair, and I. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like she walked into a, a like a hairdresser's and said, "Give me, yeah, give me the Rachel." And the hairdresser did not know what that was, but would have a damn fine. Just kind of trying to judge it based on her reaction, like yeah. Uh, oh god, sleepy. And, oh, um, Sherry ends up going to Palmer's place and uh, says, "Okay, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a huge secret." of Alan's. I will absolutely blow up your friendship with him forever. Uh, and Wayne says, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. And Sherry's like, but I would like to do it. Because <laughs> that's what she does. Yeah, and, and Palmer is like, well, I, I I historically have never made a good decision when it comes to my ex-wife, so I will continue to make bad decisions. Uh, at CTU, having a little, having a bit of a crisis meeting, because, you know, the plan's gone a bit off the rails. And they say, yes, there's been this new party who've been added, and they, there is a new broker. And that broker is Nina Myers. And everyone is just going, mm-hmm, okay. And Kim's, like, aghast. Yeah, Kim goes, what the fuck? And they go, this was in the ops briefing. Did you not read the ops briefing? And Kim, as a proud illiterate, says, no. <laughs> would you like an interesting fact? I would. When they mention Nina Myers, they bring up one of her fake IDs. And one of her fake IDs is in the name of Sarah Berkeley. Is that her actual name? Uh, Well, she's credited as uh, Sarah Clark, Hmm. but she married Xander Berkeley, a.k.a. Swede Mason. Oh, God, of course she'd have forgotten that. She has two children with him. Oh, okay. I hope they're very happy. Well, you... Now, you can't see the, the insincerity and pain... In Trin's eyes. <laughs> like that, you know, like the last shot of the graduate. Just, you know, I, I hope, I hope they're happy, and then just you feel your soul erode. Yeah. Um, well, uh, Kim is then given the ultimate responsibility, which is look after Chloe's baby, and like it. And Chappelle, he. Yeah, this is a really weird thing, right? Because like Kim is still doing the job. Like, if the baby is an issue. They can. I'm sure that like Chappelle can ring a babysitter, yeah. like, or you know, just wait while they do. Like, it's very weird to me that they're like, yeah, he's she, like, oh, just have Kim look after the baby. Or, yeah, she, Chappelle gets really annoyed that Kim has been looking after the baby, and then it's like, well, Kim, continue to look after the baby, and like. I don't know if this, if you'd have put this on a CV or if like it would have come up in the job interview, but um, Kim's previous work experience as a babysitter did involve her orphaning the kid. Mm. You know the, the the dad subsection bad. bad yeah, uh, she did shoot him and then shoot him again mm. uh, in a in an episode that we watched multiple times because of. Uh, 
uh, because of having been too tired to, to pod mm. the first time. But let me tell you, every single time, every time, every time Kim sobbing, mm. sobbingly pulled the trigger into Bad Dad, mm. it was like, oh, it, it, it's like watching. I, I was trying to think of something that was very that was very happy, and all I could think of was um, Richard Spencer getting punched in the face to Blue Monday. Jack going again. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Nina, after having a big old ton of making out with Jack, uh, she's like, "Well, I reckon you're probably still faking." So Jack headbutts her so hard that she goes flying backwards across a room and through a table. Yeah, and then he just. He, he just runs backwards while handcuffed to his chair into a wall, so the chair smashes. Yeah, he's. It's like he's a transformer, but his like default state is man handcuffed to chair, and then like all of the chair sort of like moves with him to become part of his stood up body. It's, yeah, it's like, as, as, as he stands up, it goes like. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. to behold. Uh, and yeah, at that point, she goes. At that point, Nina just goes, well, you know what? You make some compelling points. Yeah, while well, she's being strangled with a chair leg. Yeah. And she's surprisingly, um, surprisingly... Sanguine. Yeah. Yeah, just, just very, well, you know, these things yeah. are... Yeah. And she just casually is saying to Ramon, yeah, Jack is playing you. But at this point, Ramon is now fully on board with the... Yeah, and interestingly... Hector... Hector is not. Not so much. Yeah. So they've kind of swapped. Yeah. Right? Like... Um... Jack's able to use a um, the, his phone to let CTU know like when the deal is taking place, and he just calls up, puts it on. Like, he, he calls them up, and then casually says to the sellers, "I was like, yeah, so the deal is taking place here in this location and at this time, as we know." Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the plan at this point, just because I'm quite tired, right? Just so I fully understand this, is that. Nina has the has the deal set up, so they've taken Nina hostage essentially, and they're going to make her do this at gunpoint. Um, with yet- Salazar's men there, and like, then she's going to give the virus to them. Yeah, she's because they have buyers lined up who they're quite scared of. Hector wants out, but Ramon has kind of realised that if they back out, maybe North Korea or Al Qaeda would be a bit miffed. Um, they don't. They don't want to look bad in front of Al Qaeda. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Nina goes from she was going to get two million from whoever she works for. They haven't said. Uh, instead, they say, "Well, we'll give you twenty million, which is enough for you to then successfully hide from these people forever." Uh, and yes, yeah, so you will still go ahead and you will make the you will make the deal, uh, but yeah, you'll give it to us. Um, and while this deal is taking place, um, Chase has. He, he's spoken to the Delta team, hmm. and they're staying a while back, and but they they need a forward observer, so they pick him, and he well the the commanding officer does point out, uh, hey, weren't you shot in the hand like ninety minutes ago? Yeah, dude, didn't you get shot in the hand and then like, like cauterize cl- it with a with a like a waffle iron or whatever? Like yeah, like you put a hot poker on this hole in your hand that had previously had petrol poured on mm. it. Yeah, that was a that was a head scratcher. Like, like I really, I was like, dude, maybe don't introduce the really hot, fiery thing to your hand that's just been covered in petrol. No, I was, I was watching a bucket full of petrol get thrown over him, and I was just thinking, in this economy, <laughs> seems a bit wasteful. No, you know, there, are, there are people down in Surrey who uh, they would, they'd sell their fucking shoes for that. 
Oh God, do you want to talk about the thing at Airsoft the other day? Where oh, like yes. they there's a there's a, a game that they play fairly regularly there that involves like jerry cans. Yeah, as you have to pick the jerry yeah. cans up and like move them to an objective area. And like I wasn't paying attention during the briefing, and I said to Sam like, "What? So what are we doing?" And he just replied with, "We're fighting over the last four cans of petrol in England." <laughs> that was that. That was my joke of the evening. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good joke. I'm surprised nobody else made it. Oh yeah, like, it, like yeah, no, it, it felt too obvious. Uh, but again, the low-hanging fruit tastes the sweetest. Mm. Uh, well, I, yeah, at the, at the end of this episode. Um, they're about to. They're about to leave, and they're to go to the deal. And Hector is just going. Nope, no, I don't like this. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm, yeah, he's got cold feet. Yeah, I, I've entirely changed my position in the last couple of hours. Now everything has gone a bit fucky, and he starts to leave. Well, it's because Claudia gets killed, right? Like it's like he's like Claudia leaves and gets got shot in the head. That was a bit. Where's that come from? Though, yeah, right? yeah, that that uh, he, he wasn't thrilled about that. And uh, as he's leaving, Ramon just shoots him. Yeah, like just yeah. As a as a warning to any of his other brothers. Yeah, shoots him in the fucking lung. Um, yes, and the next episode starts with Hector just lying on the ground, and I go, if we don't get him to an ambulance, or if we don't get him to a hospital, he'll die. And Ramon just goes, yeah, I figured, I I I know. And after a few more seconds of them standing around, he just double taps him, and everyone is yeah. going. Okay, I guess we're okay. I guess we're doing a deal. Hmm. Uh, they uh, they go out to the mine. They've got to send their guys to the mine early, so that by the time the Ukrainian arrives, uh, they'll all be hidden because they're supposed to have not sent anyone over. I keep meaning to say that I do quite like that it's the Ukrainians that they're buying it from, because I don't know if you know this, but I'm fairly certain. That in Ukraine there are an awful lot of like biological uh, warfare facilities from the Cold War that have not been very well locked down. Like this is actually quite plausible. Well, we were saying um, actually the other day about um, how yes, after the after the Soviet Union collapsed, uh, an awful lot of uh, an awful lot of weapons and things just went slightly missing. So no, I, I I'm not familiar with um, the Ukrainian sort of bioweapons. Well, you know, you know, in um in Utopia, they talk about what the network was set up as a response to biopreparate. Yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like uh, their facilities have just never been pr- particularly well, um, well locked down since, and they're still used. But like I've seen footage from inside them, it's just like a fridge full of anthrax. You know, like it's and like. And and there was one thing that like a reporter showed that was like the way that they stop infected animals escaping from the labs is they just have a really high like step that like a gerbil couldn't get over, for example. Do you think in Ukraine there's a big debate? Like you know, there's yeah, do you put ketchup in the cupboard or in the fridge? <laughs> like, do you where do you keep your anthrax? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, the the virus itself looks like it's in a spirit level. Mm. It looks like it's like tilting it back and forward with a little bubble in it. Yeah, it it kind of looks like that, but it's also a, a container of gunge. Yeah, because it's going to gunge well, everyone. I said that it looked like one of those like things from the nineties where you had your own like alien baby in an egg. Because it's got that kind of chunky fluidity to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God, that that yeah, that's revealing that I'm nearly thirty. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> truly, only nineties kids mm. will remember. 
um, Nina has still, up to this point, kept trying to convince Ramon that CTU will be watching. She's like, oh, I know exactly what they'll do. They'll have a guy up as a forward observer and all the teams will be way back. She's 100% right. This is, it is kind of funny how she does continually say exactly what's going to happen and no one believes her because she's so untrustworthy. Yeah, she keeps yeah. getting foiled like with like the worst timing ever. Yeah, because Chase is just slightly too sneaky, mm. uh, so they don't they can't spot him. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, so they they make the deal. Nina leaves with the virus, uh, and the Delta team mo- mm. the Delta team moves in. They're not fucking Groucho Marx unit anymore. Oh, we were They've a... got an actual military unit. It... We know that because we can see their faces. Yeah, the Groucho Marx men were not deployed on this one. Mm. Like This is Delta Team, not sort of CTU Clown Academy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the Groucho Marx, have you ever seen that gif of like, ladies and gentlemen, we got them? Like, they very much have those kind of vibes. They, Especially the dude that was rappelling through the ceiling into like the shop in, in season two. Has like got those exact vibes. Like, oh, the guy who's repelling and but only going like he's slightly like jerking yeah. down in like very long motions. It's very funny, but yeah, like <sighs> these guys are professionals. Mm. They come in Humvees. They come in helicopters. Oh, they're the extremely quiet helicopters mm. from the season two finale, mm. um, where that you only hear them once they come into shot. They've got that, and they've got rocket launchers and. I, yeah, impressive amount of firepower. I always like it when um, a helicopter in a in an action movie fires a rocket and it manages to always hit directly in the middle of a pile of barrels. Mm. It's a, it's a good thing they didn't miss that because otherwise, you know, all of all those barrels. They, yeah, those what, barrels would remain standing, and that's not what anyone wants. Where would they even hide the pyrotechnics? Yeah, uh, yeah Jack's about to try. And, well, Jack is about to be shot by Ramon. But Do you know what I've just realised? Oh yeah. That probably has something to do with like the whole exploding bread barrel in video games that like has probably somehow been like lathed out of like barrels being a thing you can hide pyrotechnics in for films. Yeah, well, like a barrel of petrol. Yeah, yeah but like, of, of course, but like it works on multiple levels, right? Like, why is barrels the thing that your brain goes to when you think of things that yeah. explode? Oh, because they do a lot in films. Yeah. Like, a, a pile of barrels. Because there are like two, I think there's a couple... Time barrel exploding time was the 80s as well, so this makes sort of somewhat the sense to me. I'm now just thinking of um, What Else, Tango and Cash. Oh. That movie has a lot of barrels in it. Yeah, it does. Has a lot of... Has a lot of... Has a lot of shit in that film. <sighs> that film has everything. Yeah. Do you remember the bit in Tango and Cash where Kurt Russell um, dresses up as a woman and like the... But like, is pulling it off so well that the the, the joke is that actually, oh no, he's he's passing too hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you remember that bit Kurt when Russell's transition. Yeah. And you remember that bit when Sylvester Stallone, uh, he finds a guy that sold him out and gives an incredibly long and tortured one liner. Oh god, I forgot. What's the one liner again? It's, I can't um, remember. He finds him having a, a, a spaghetti, a big old plate of spaghetti out of his fridge. Mm. And he says, wow, I guess you're not counting calories. Maybe because you're too busy counting the money that you got from selling us out. But he, <laughs> he says it in that same accelerating manner. Yeah, I forgot about like, like he's realized it's way too long and is losing the snappiness of a one-liner. Yeah. Um, anyhow, the quiet attack helicopters blow up a few piles of barrels. Um, they track down Ramon who's run away with the virus, and then try and get him to surrender. 
uh, but the little cylinder that the virus container blows up because it was a trick. It was a trap. Uh-huh. And Amador runs away with the with the virus, and you know, it takes out a his his guys take out a Delta team. Yeah, like them. Yeah. He puts it in his briefcase to measure make sure that the briefcase is perfectly level. Mm. Um, and my god, it almost seems like there is a plot with stakes happening. Yeah. Oh, uh, what is the only other thing that happens? Did we go into like Chloe's baby? I, let, let's finish on that. I, Sherry goes to. Um, well, Sherry finds out about you know wants to find out more about this big secret that would destroy um, Alan Milliken, the rich supporter. Mm. So she goes to meet someone who lives in Trevor's trailer from Grand Theft Auto Five. Uh, it's just a you know it's just a, a kind of a shitty rundown trailer, and he was the father of a girl who was killed in a hit and run by Alan Milliken, but he stayed quiet in exchange uh, for a payoff. And he's saying that he will tell her all in a press conference, provided they can get a pardon for his son who's in prison for murder. And Sherry's like, I mean, I'll see what I can do. Like, she, she very pointedly doesn't say no. Yeah. She's like, I'll come back later. Ah. Goes away. Comes back in a bit. The trailer is empty. Also, we don't know the circumstances of but his son, like the the murder that his son did, right? Like it's going to be really bad, isn't it? It's going to be like a really particularly bad one. It's, his son is going to have a Wikipedia page that redirects to him, and it's going to begin with the. Yeah. You know, if, if you're if you're a, if you've done a murder and yeah, you've you got like a title. Yeah, if you've done a murder and your name begins with the, yeah. then I'm sorry, but you've you you like you you do you know that would have, you know I'm still kind of sad about that. Once everything started to go really fucking batshit in like the waning period of the Trump presidency, mm. um, he didn't just like pardon Charles Manson. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know, I don't think anyone would know. How, I don't think I don't think anyone would know how to react to that. <laughs> I think we were, I was taking bets on who he'd pardon. I didn't even consider Charles Manson. I really wanted him to pardon Ghislaine Maxwell. I thought that would be like, oh. that would be just rubbing it in a bit, wouldn't it? I, I'd have liked to do that. I mean, obviously, I don't want him to do that, but like that would have been like it, absolutely Trump energy. Uh, it would have been very funny for him to posthumously give Nixon a second pardon. <laughs> um, uh, uh, so when Sherry goes back to the guy's trailer, the trailer's empty, and then a couple of bloodstains, and there's a, a spooky car. But because it's dark and it's driving slowly outside, it looks like it's like Christine from the Stephen King novel. But it just—it seems like it's a self-driving car that's about to murder her. Yeah, it's just coming very slowly towards her. Hmm. It's, it's fa- like the killer cars from Monty Python again. Oh, so it, it's found out it, it's a it's a Tesla on self-driving mode, and it's oh, found no. out and it's found out that she's you know made fun of uh, uh, made fun of emerald mines on Twitter. <laughs> uh, so instead, Cherry just goes over to. Uh, she goes over to Julia Hotwife's place, saying, "Look, I know you want to leave Alan, um, like you, but you don't want to lose everything. I've got a, I've got a great solution. I've got a plan, mm. uh, which is very sinister. Mm. Mm. Um, I, lo- I love, I love a sinister Sherry plan. Um, but you know what we love more? Ah, oh, Kim plotline. We love a Kim. Plot. There's a Kim plotline. So, Chloe. It turns out Chloe's baby isn't Chloe's baby." But it's her, it's Chloe's boyfriend's baby, mm-hmm. who's and Chloe's boyfriend's ex-wife, 
has full custody, but apparently she also has a not uh, has a bit of a wrong on for a new boyfriend. So the uh, so the boyfriend has contacted child services or something, and yeah, Chloe's boyfriend, the yeah. dad of the kid, and saying, "Well, well, child services are coming tomorrow, so he's like, you figured he may as well get him out." tonight and kim is absolutely shocked yeah she's livid do you know one thing that kim would never do yeah like what, what what would kim never do especially at nine o'clock three uh three, three years, years ago. ago yeah kim would never kidnap a child to get them away from their abusive like abusive parents that's even, not something that even, kim would ever even consider even if um even if the, that kid had been pushed against a mattress yeah never ever yeah and if she did do it no to be fair at least she would think but this is an unhealthy family environment mm. i would make sure that by the end of the day none of the parents were alive mm. yeah um and but, so kim is two for two on babysittings that turn into kidnaps you've written here yeah oh yeah no the the, the consistency at play became like remember when kim... she's she's shocked as well that's the thing like she's really shocked about this and like very like no i won't do it. it's like but you will though won't you like you're on record as having done exactly yeah. this. So um, she does look it up, and actually gets into contact with Child Protective Services, and they say that actually they've got no record of any of this. And he's oh. like, I think Chloe's delusional. Mm. And do you remember earlier when Kim said, "No day is a good day." Yeah. Yeah. Um, she but, just has a way of following you around, doesn't it, kid? I, I want there to be a show that's just fo- that just focuses fully on a day de- on like any day of Kim's, but where it doesn't have to cut away to like a, I don't know, someone, fuck, someone disarming a bomb. What is that show, uh, the film about, um, is it Final Destination? Yes. Where you've like cheated the Reaper and- Oh, yeah, if you I think Kim has like cheated something like less serious than the Reaper. Like, like something that is pissed off and is trying- uh, no, to get their pound of flesh. Oh no, I, like I, some, I fully, some force. Somewhere. I fully believe that um, Kim, as like a five-year-old, accidentally angered the Greek gods, mm. and for her for her hubris, they have decided that they will destroy her. Mm. But it's like that. Um, isn't there a thing in the Marvel comics where Thanos turns up on like one dude's birthday just to ruin his birthday every uh, year? No, Sabretooth turns up on Wolverine's birthday. Every single year, because he, he attempts to murder him on his birthday. I'm pretty sure this is a thing that Thanos does. Hang on, I think um, I, I think there are a few things where specifically just trying to ruin one, like ruining one guy's day is yeah, a bit, is it a bit, is Thanos. Oh wait, what? It's like one guy, just some random office worker. He just turns up and like ruins his birthday every year. <laughs> I can't remember why, but like it's like that. Like it's like, but it's like every day for Kim. Yeah. So, yeah, like I'm looking forward to to Kim Bauer Endgame, oh. where well, it, it, we finally, I think that's the one where President Palmer finally dies. God, please. Well, I'm sick of him. He's not even doing anything. This this fucking, he's he's superfluous to the plot. Like this is the thing that's. Um, you know how how there's been like stupid plot lines over and over again in the last two seasons, and I've gone, why do I care? I know why I care now because without them, twenty four is really fucking boring. Like mm. I want the funny Kim plot line, I want the funny Palmer plot line, 
you know, I want silly things to be happening, and there's nothing silly yeah. happening. It's all deadly serious. I remember with um with season four, the main plot line manages to create a new massive threat and then resolve it about every three episodes. So you are permanently in some kind of state of panicked reaction to. Okay. Uh, but I can't. I can't remember how the side plots are for that. Okay. Uh, God, I hope Kim gets fired. I, I really hope Kim gets fired because I can't deal with her being a fucking a, a woman that goes around CTU oh, babysitting, kidnapping, but, and going with a lot of fucking donkeys in the pipeline. But also, um, Tony, is it? Yeah. Also, Tony hasn't had to you know step down because of all of his um you know falling over medication. Because it turns out all of the things that it seemed like he had forgotten to do, no, that everyone else was just being incompetent. Mm. So actually he had told someone about that, but not in person. He had sent it in an email. And he had upload he had uploaded a file for someone, but to a shared directory, not you know, their personal mm. one, because other people might need it. And he you know, and he managed to recall very well a, a a presentation that they saw earlier or something like that. Uh, and Tony just goes yeah, now you've wasted time we don't have. And I went, yes. <laughs> like, yes, this this, uh, this two-episode subplot has indeed wasted time. It really does time. feel like... It really does feel like anything without dialogue was considered for slow-motion, style-ass writing. It's like... Like, this whole plot line now, do you know for what, the last four episodes... You know what I think... ...is really dragging. I, I did... Uh, one of my favourite sites is Graph TV where it just plots IMDb ratings on a um, on a linear graph. And yeah, for for twenty-four, season three, it it start it it gets better as it goes on, but it the um it's all got absurdly high ratings. because uh, it's IMDb and anything that's you know that manages to have the camera pointing in the right direction gets at least a seven. Mm. Uh, yeah, it even IMDb agrees that the beginning drags a little. Yeah. Uh, but you know what I think would have made 24, well, this season of 24, a better show? If it was called 16. Yeah. Like, maybe. Yeah. But like, like this four episode block, stuff has been happening, but it's like, it's basically just been like Jack and Nina arguing mostly. Like there was the auction. And then after that, it was Jack and Nina in a room making out, headbutting each other, and then like waiting around for the Salazars to bicker. So, like, all of this could have been done. That literally all could have been done in, like, 15 minutes. I, I did I did also like that, that um, when Ramon Salazar was about to shoot Jack after the deal was done, he was like, because of you, my brother is dead. And say, like, now, Ramon, I don't know if you remember the beginning of the episode. Yeah, you sort of did shoot him three times, Sunshine. Yeah, yeah you, you did. Um, you did shoot him so many times that if the bullets hadn't killed him, the lead poisoning would. I, I, yeah, like I, I, taking I, liberties a little bit. Yeah, I, mean, I guess from like a, a from a causal perspective, you could say that Jack Bauer led to a chain of events that made mm. that happen. But at the same time, that means you could say I don't know, fucking Henry the Seventh led to you know, led to your brother's death. Unless you're going to go around attempting to shoot Henry the Seventh in the head, which is logistically difficult and probably wouldn't get you the revenge you desire, you can probably let Jack Bauer go for that one. You know, have introspection, turn inwards. Uh, oh, right, should we? Yeah, well, while, while our second wind is still blowing. Mm, yeah. 
Well, it, it has to pick up soon, surely. Like, there's no way it doesn't. Well, Amador seems to be looking very nefarious, and he has his spirit level in his briefcase, making sure that it's perfectly flat. <sighs> third act villain. There's gonna. He's the fucking third act villain, isn't he? Oh, but oh, but he has got a very good. Um, he has got a very good speaking uh, voice. Jeremy Vine. Yeah, he has a better speaking voice than Drazen did. Yeah, true, but that doesn't take much. Do you know, I checked our Podbean stats. We have one listener in Sweden. Oh. <laughs> Hello. Hello. That's it. I was being respectful. <laughs> Your bloody Scandinavian friend. Yeah. Anyhow, um, yeah. while our second wind blows, let's... We're in the home stretch now. Yeah. By which I mean we have 12 hours. We're halfway. I'll see you in a week. Or in four hours, depending on if you're you or us. Mm. Um, Good goodbye. I love the party. The party is my life. I pledge devotion to the party. <laughs>